0: Soon a Samaritan woman came to drink water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. You may be seated.
1: Praise the Lord. Hey, we have uh, we have somebody very special here that we have to bring up to the front, and that is Ethan, Isaac Smith, and. Uh, Ethan's parents, uh, Earl and Michelle, are special as well. (laughs) Remember, uh, how old is little Ethan now, guys? Fifteen months ago, little Ethan was born one and a half pounds. Didn't know if he would make it. High five. God is good, Amen. amen? And we want to give God all the glory and all the praise for his many blessings for giving little Ethan life. We want to let Earl and Michelle, if you want to share as well. Ethan, do you have anything to say?
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll leave it up to uh, Earl. Um, we just want to, you know, say how blessed we, we truly are for Ethan to be here. Um, like Dan said, he was only a pound and a half when he was born in that incubator with all those tubes and those wires in him, and, you know, the, f- the first day he was born, uh, those nurses came up to me and said... You know, he's probably not going to make it. Do you want us to call a pastor or somebody? And I said, "Uh, no, I'm not accepting that. I want you to save my son. And uh, sure enough, he he pulled through. Um, We had a lot of obstacles. Uh, Ethan got sick, and he had meningitis. um, And he had only a 2% chance of survival. Um, Again, we didn't accept that. Um, I said, it's in God's hands. Um, Jesus is watching over him, and he's going to be fine. and sure enough, he pulled through and he beat the odds and Amen. Here he is, uh, from the incubator to the church. so we're, we're just so grateful every day um, that we have this this beautiful miracle. Every day we praise God and we praise Jesus, and we, we won't stop doing that. So, we're, we're so happy to be here, and we're happy that Ethan's finally strong enough to come out in public and he doesn't have to be a bubble boy anymore. So, um, you're going to be seeing a lot more of him now. So, praise God. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Grandma, can you stand up and just give a wave? I said, Grandma, can you stand up and give a wave? There's Grandma right there. Great grandma. Well, I knew she was a great grandma, anyways, you know, but great grandma. Praise God. Hey, uh, Jesus is the Lord of the living, Amen? amen? Not of the dead. So we give him praise for this wonderful miracle. Thanks for that testimony, Earl and Michelle. We have been um, on a series entitled God Speaks. Today we're going to be looking at how God speaks, and he speaks to us to reveal our greatest need. I don't know if you've ever been mesmerized and hypnotized by an infomercial, but I was the other day. You know how you channel surf, and you're looking, you're watching the news, and you go, go through, and you're, you're just caught. The advertisement is out there. The emotional appeal, the emotional appeal, the, uh, the need. They present the need so, so greatly, right? And I was watching this infomercial like this. And Amaris goes, Dad, you know this is an infomercial. I know. <laughs> but the words came out of my mouth mumbling, I really, really need that. <laughs> I need that. It was a Bissell vacuum cleaner floor steamer okay (laughs) yeah and that advertised me lured lured me in man hook line and sinker I was done I was gone see we were hardwired our circuits were connected to God to enjoy him forever to bask in his character and his nature and his wisdom and his insight and his love and his intimacy forever and ever and ever until sin came and broke that relationship. And because of sin, we're hard- hardwired towards ourselves and to the things of this world, the things of our flesh, the things that the, uh, the enemy, the spirit of this age has influenced us with. Jesus came back to... Give us a new hard wiring, amen? Give us a reboot. Connect us back to that awesome relationship where everything is met. Our hearts cry and our every need is met in Jesus Christ. Do you believe today as a child of God that every answer and every need that you have will be answered by the love of Jesus, the grace of the Lord, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, amen? Amen. We've been bought with a price. We're not our own. We are his and he loves us today. And he's hardwired us back where everything is about him now for his glory and his praise, the excellency, the wonder, the splendor of his majesty. Amen? Amen. See, Adam and Eve were created hardwired that everything that they would do, every, the way they treated each other, the way they built cities, the way they, they, they tilled the ground, the, the way they took care of the garden, the way they took dominion, Every action and affection would be geared towards giving praise back to God. We're hardwired that way. We look around with all the musicians and all the artists and the wonderful things that come out in music and and stories and writings and movies, and there is inspiration, there is encouragement, there's this awe of wonder, of the creativity of man. But God has engineered us that everything we do, the way we treat our wives, the way we treat our children, the way we treat each other, the way we pay our bills, the way we go get coffee at McDonald's, the way we eat, the way we, uh, we surround ourselves with, with friends, the way we, we work when we go to our job, everything that we do is hardwired within us to give praise and glory to God. Amen? Would you have it any other way? You don't want the glory, do you? You don't want all the boasting, do you? See, the Pharisees, they were into really making a big scene. They'd come into the temple and trumpets would blow. Everybody would turn and look like this. And then they'd put all their money in the till. And they wouldn't bring dollar bills. They'd bring coins. Maybe they had coins. That's all they had. But they'd put them all into the till. And it would just rattle around in there. And everybody would look with awe. Oh. Jesus said, hey. Don't do your alms before men. When you do good, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing, because if you do, your reward is a pat on the back. But if you do it just to serve God and give him glory, then your reward is in heaven, given by our heavenly father. Amen? Hey, you can pat me on the back, but that's great and everything. But you're just you. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) When I get the favor of God upon my life, That we we can please him. We can live for the glory of God. There's nothing like it to live your life sold out. Reckless abandonment to the will and the way of God. Are you into it today? We see this beautiful picture of this woman that came to the well. Socially an outcast, wasn't she? She came at noon. Other ladies came early in the morning when the sun was not out. She came at noon because she was despised, she was rejected, she was abused, she was a sinner. Jesus is an awesome, awesome God because he's the the Savior that seeks out the sinner. Amen? You can't hide from him, he's after you today. You can't sneak up in here and, oh, I'm not going to let God speak to you. You know what? Too bad. Too bad. He's going to talk to you today. Amen? Amen. And he's going to reveal his love and his grace to you today. But see, the woman at the well, what a life she lived. Broken, broken life. Socially, she was an outcast. Religiously, she was an outcast. She was a Samaritan. Samaritans breeded, were half-breeds with the Assyrians. The Jews thought that they were dogs. To go from Judea to Galilee, they would walk around Samaria just so they wouldn't have to be influenced by the culture and the shame of being around these dogs. But Jesus loves dogs, doesn't he? Jesus loves the outcast, and he loves the broken. And he meets all kinds of people. Chapter 3, John chapter 3, who came to Jesus in the dark of night? Nicodemus, teacher of the law, member of the Sanhedrin. He was basically... The second Sanhedrin was the second in command under the Roman, Roman government. He was a teacher of the law. He was a Pharisee. He was part of the Sanhedrin. He was a big, famous dude. Everybody looked up to him. Maybe he came in the dark of night because he didn't want to see his cohort see him talking to Jesus. But Jesus doesn't care whether you come to him in the dark or you come to him at 12 at noon. It's a matter that you come. Amen? And see the, the Nicodemus came filled with self self-righteousness, all caught up in the allurement of religiosity and religion and lording it over the people. That's what he was involved in. And Jesus told him you gotta be born again. And what did Nicodemus think? You mean I gotta I love when smart people say stupid things. Amen. You mean I gotta go back in my mother's womb? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. No. I'm talking about the spirit and I'm talking about the flesh. You've got to be born of water and born of the spirit. My question to you today, are you born from above? Is your spirit born again, knowing that if you die today that you face Jesus face to face, absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. Amen. Do you know you're saved today? Do you know that you're a child of God? You must be born again. Jesus shared this with Nicodemus. He didn't catch on right at that moment. But later on, maybe he made a commitment. We see that Nicodemus was the one that took Jesus' body, brought 75 pounds of spices and ointments to bury Jesus. Get back to the woman at the well. Interesting, interesting story. As we see Jesus minister to her. John chapter four. We're hardwired to highlight and headline, headline, highlight and headline the character, the nature, the wonder, the beauty, the awesomeness of our God on a daily basis. That's the privilege that we have: is to be ambassadors of His glory, ambassadors of His mission, ambassadors of His salvation. Ambassadors to reach up the broken and the lost with the life-transforming power, the living water of God's grace, amen? To see souls saved, to turn from the darkness, the blackness, and turn to the light. Jesus Christ is our, is our aim and our mission here at Steel City Church, right? Right? John chapter 4. I see word, I see words on pages. Now I see words I can read. Amen. All right. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, "Hey, give me a drink. What are you doing there, Lord?" You're not supposed to be there. You're a rabbi. You're a teacher. You don't associate with women. But Jesus said, Fellas, I must needs go to Samaria. Why? Did he have a big convention he was throwing? Did he have a fundraiser that he was going to? No. He had to meet a woman at a well. Where would you, if you, let's see, back, woman was surprised, go back. He was alone. At the time, because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food, the woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. But, sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he, had, he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I will give will never be thirsty. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again. And I won't have to come here to get water. Let's flip over to John chapter 7. And we'll look at verse 37. John chapter 7 and verse 37. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me, anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. The last day of the the festival of booths is when the priest poured water on the altar seven times. And right in the process of this festivity, of engaging in this festival, Jesus cries out and he says, I am the living water. Amen? Amen. Wonderful, wonderful thing. He was speaking of the Spirit. Now we go back to John chapter 4 and we see the woman from the well. You see, the woman was drawing from the wrong well. Amen? In a religious attempt, even in her sin, You know, a lot of a lot of sinful people hang on to religion as their only hope. Maybe they can perform better. Maybe they can try better. Maybe they can just muster this strength up to be okay, so that God would accept them. Right? Not a chance. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You can jump the chasm, but you'll fall to the bottom, because Jesus is the bridge that brings us to God. Amen. She's drawn from the wrong well. She talks about this mountain. She talks about this well. And Jesus says, listen lady, I got a well of living water to give you if you'd only, only receive it. We draw from the wrong wells, don't we? The well of money, the well of relationships, the well of fame, the well of materialism, the well of sex, the well of pornography, the well of booze, the well of addictions, the well of fame, the well of success, the well of bitterness, the well of hatred. There's a lot of wells that we draw from. Jesus is pointing to this lady. Lady, you've tried all the wells. I got a well for you to try today that will bring you life and life more abundantly. Jesus tells her to draw from this well. Then Jesus says, <coughs> go and get your husband. And Jesus told her, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Isn't it funny with our sin? We try to skirt some issues, you know what I'm saying? Hey, hello, you've had five husbands and the one you're with now is not your husband. <laughs> See, as believers, in this day and age, in any age, we cannot harbor unconfessed sin. Sometimes we treat sin like a fugitive. We keep it down in the basement. We hide it from the authorities because we want to use it. We want to bring it up from the basement when we, when we care to. We try to hide it from God. God knows everything about you, right? Right? God's been doing surveillance on you. Forget about the FBI and forget about the NSA. God's been doing surveillance on you right when he began thinking of you eons of time ago. Amen? The big eye in the sky is on you. It's not the NSA and it's not the FBI. It's the God of love that wants to bring his salvation to you and change you. But we we protect and we harbor unconfessed sin. We have sins of the heart, don't we? Sins of bitterness, sins of lack of forgiveness, sins of greed and envy and jealousy, sins where we need to be free. And the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen? Everybody that responds to Christ, allow him to change you as you confess your sin and repent of who you are. Jesus comes in and says, now, I got some work to do. Amen? Now I got some work to do. Exodus 20 is when Moses was given the law. Let's flip over to there. Exodus chapter 20, verse 2. Exodus chapter 20. I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any gods but me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me, here it is. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. See, Jesus is after us, amen? This beautiful illustration of of the Lord taking the, the Israelites out of Egypt, bringing them from slavery, is a picture of what Christ has done for us, bringing us out of our sin and our shame and our guilt and our death crossing the Jordan into the promised land of his spirit, working and having full reign and rule in our hearts and in our lives. Amen? What a God we serve. But he says here, hey, don't have any other gods before me. We set up gods in our lives that we we go to. Sometimes we, we like to hang on to a few wells when we need a little thrill or we need a little boost, amen? We need a little something to get us through. God says, don't go to that well. That well is deep. And that well is dark. And that well is black. And that well takes you from me. See, when we run from God, we always run to something else. Isn't it true? Don't run from God, run to God. The accuser, the enemy of your soul, wants to accuse you and make you feel like you're nothing, ashamed and guilty, wanting to run into the dark, but that's just the time when you run into the light. Amen? He forgives you. He sets you free. See, this woman didn't know, but Jesus knew all about her, but he was still there talking to her, still there trying to get to the heart issues. And he said to her, listen, I know everything about you and I still love you. I know everything about you, but I'm still going to give you myself. I know everything about you, and I'm still going to die on the cross for you. We try to hide our motivations, and we try to hide our agendas. God sees it, knows it, let it out into the light. Amen? The problem with not allowing Christ to transform us is we don't think we're that bad. We've been doing this Christian thing for a long time. We know how to look holy now. (laughs) We know how to walk into church, lift our hands, give adoration and praise to our mighty God. Deep down in our heart, there's sin, death, and corrosion and pollution. Because we haven't been drawn from the right well, and that well is the spirit of God. The gospel only works when you realize the bad news. You are dead. The wrath of God is being revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth, change the truth of God into a lie. And you see, this is what this woman did. Immediately, God brought issues about her heart. And what do we do when God brings issues to our heart. We get all religious, don't we? Well, God, uh, I was at church, and those people, they didn't even go to Arrowhead. I went to Arrowhead, okay? (laughs) I was there working my butt off all weekend. Don't we do that? Can we be real? See, some aspects of God's word We really don't want to get into the aspect that God detests and abhors the wicked. Whoa. That his wrath will be revealed. People say they won't, God won't do that. He cares about the sinner, he just hates the sin. But that sinner without Christ will go to a, an eternity of hell without God. Amen? And that's why we need to get the word out. you got to know that you're born again. Seek after God with everything that you are and everything that you have. This lady lived in ignorance. John chapter 4. What did she start doing? Well, we worship on this mountain, and we come to this well, what are you trying to say? Jacob's not good enough for you? Right? See, as Christians, we can't live in ignorance. Because when we live in ignorance of God's word, we change God into what we want him to be, and we worship that image of what we think God is. That's dangerous, unfruitful, and sinful. Because God is a God that wants to be known, amen? He wants to be loved. He's saying, listen, man, I'm open. Come and know me. Come and love me. And for us, as believers, the thrill and privilege of having an intimate, intricate relationship with the God of creation, who is our Redeemer and our Lord, blows our minds. How can we ponder it? How can we think of it? This awesome God. Don't live in ignorance. Find out who God is and worship him. She got all religious, and Jesus did what? Listen, there's going to come a time and a day when you will worship me in spirit and in truth. Amen? Wow, thank God. You know, we don't have to light any candles. Amen? We don't have to do religious duties or religious feats just to make sure that we're approved of God. Our affirmation and acceptance and approval comes from the finished work of Jesus Christ, and as we put our faith in that work, we are accepted, we are affirmed, and we are approved. Amen? Because of the work of Jesus Christ. See, the gospel gets us saved, but then it says, As you have been led by the Spirit of God, you become children of God. Amen? The gospel gets you to the bus station. The Holy Spirit gets you from the bus station to your destination. Amen? But a lot of folk, a lot of Christians are waiting at the best bus station, waiting for the glory train to show up. (laughs) And then off we go. But he's got so much more for us, doesn't he? You know that you are a unique individual. No, Nobody else like you on this planet, when God thought of you, he threw away the mold. When God thought of Fragili, how many know he, he threw away the mold, amen? Right? That mold was gone, quick. Okay, Fragili, let's get rid of this one. See, God is really interested in our u- uniqueness. He takes all of our past, all of our hurts, the thing that you try to hide, where you grew up, your environment, what your parents treated you, how you were abused, misused. He takes all that. And he says, listen, just let me in. And I will bring life to you, and I will use the very things that the devil wants to destroy you. I will use it for my glory. Amen? Amen. You. If you ever think you're a loser, you're not. Because Christ has won the victory 2,000 years ago. Amen? said it is finished we are more than overcomers oh yeah i don't feel like it well too bad you're an overcomer amen because of what christ has done so we love him and we trust him let's not live in ignorance but allow the spirit of god to reveal the living word of god in our hearts and in our minds see the spirit needs truth as the spirit works in our hearts he leads us to the truth And as we read the truth in God's word, we need the Holy Spirit to minister that grace that transforms us and changes us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Spirit and truth. Without truth, we can get a little bonky and honky up in here. Amen? Do all kinds of wild and crazy things. With truth, we become very judgmental, condemnatory, accusational, because we have the truth and you do not thusly and therefore you are pawns come and you must listen to the truth that I have. But when we speak the truth in love through the power of the Holy Spirit, people's hearts and lives are changed. Amen? Amen. We don't live in ignorance. Even in the midst of her sin, being a social outcast, a religious outcast, she stuck to this religious pie in the sky that had no effect. But Jesus said, Let's, let's stop the charades, lady. I know you. If you want the water that I can give you, then come to me. She ran back into town and said to the very people that were out that caused her pain, misery, and sorrow, she preached the gospel message that there is a Messiah, a Lord, that knows me, everything about me, and loves me. And then these dudes came to Jesus. Jesus stayed with them for a little while. And then they were like, hey, we know now about this Jesus because we met him for ourselves, not because of what you, you said. It's not good enough to hang around in here, feel the glory, feel the community, feel the love, and not participate in giving your heart over to God. You can't run on the, on the shoelaces of your parents or your pastors or your elders or your mentors. you got to get up, tie those shoes, and run the race that God has set before you. Amen? And it's time that we start li- living the race of allowing God to transform us in our hearts. Listen, if you've been hiding from God, it, it's, it, there's no sense to it. He understands you, and he loves you. He's been surveilling your heart and your life for years. He knows everything that you've done. And he's saying now, I want to take that, and I want to change it, transform it for my glory. The greatest thing that we can experience here as we gather is not condemnation or judgment. But the realization that, yeah, we're really not what we're supposed to be, but you know what? Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is going to make us what we ought to be. Amen? And that's the glory of the gospel. He brings us in only to continue the work in our hearts and lives until we see him face to face. He who began a good work in you, a good work, will perform it until that day when we see Christ face to face. What a wonderful day, amen? So let's look at the wells that we've been, we've been diving into. Self-pity, that's a deep and dark well. Unforgiveness, that's a black well that you'll fall into and never get out. Bitterness is the poison that you drink while you wait for the other person to die. Jesus says, forgive and you shall be forgiven. Sometimes to really enjoy the forgiveness of God, we have to say to an individual that hurt us, you know what, doesn't matter if you confess to me that you're sorry, I'm going to forgive you and give it to God, amen? Amen. Amen. There's the uh, Atrafalalia Distributory off of the Mississippi River. Okay? I was practicing this all week. I'm gonna get it. <laughs> this is the Atchafalaya channel that comes off of the Mississippi River. It's based on the overflow of the Mississippi River. It does not have its own source, but it has its source is the overflow of the Mississippi River. What God is calling us today is to be an Atchafalaya River. When it comes to the Spirit of God, allow the Spirit of God to overflow and run through your life so that you can have the river of life, right? The river, the streams of living water, the Holy Spirit that flows out of your life to touch a lost and dying world. Jesus used the Samaritan woman. What's my excuse? What's your excuse? turn your heart and life over to god god will pick up the pieces and use it for your glory for his glory and for his honor because that's what he does amen do you believe what i've been saying to you today if not get out no i'm just kidding listen god is good amen god is gracious hey he let me in he let you in god is a god of mercy and a god of grace amen That's why we live for Him. Check your wells. God speaks to us to reveal our greatest need, and that is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Go down to your basement. Go down to your attic. Wherever you got your unconfessed sin, bring it into the light and let God change you and mold you. Amen? If you're living in ignorance about the Word of God, creating a God for yourself that you worship, Based on what you need and what you desire, that's not God. And no wonder God is not transforming your life. Learn about God. Amen? When we, when we learn about God, we're able to worship him more. To the degree that we have the knowledge of God, of his character and of his nature, the river of worship flows out of our heart as we learn who God is. He's awesome. Awesome. And that's why we worship him. Amen? Let's bow for a word of prayer. God, we love you today. Man, we're so grateful that you met with Nicodemus, self-righteous Pharisee, and then you met with the woman at the well, a sinner, ashamed and abandoned. And in both instances, you were their greatest need. So God, we've been dipping into wells that kind of just temporarily satisfy us but only bring us emptiness and in turn judgment we ask oh God that we'll get rid of all those wells, we'll plow up that fallow ground and and dig it up and allow the seeds of God to come in build a well that relies on you through the power of the Holy Spirit the written word revealed the living word to us to live out this, this gospel message for your glory and for your honor to the praise of the glory of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So Lord, I want to I bless each one and allow them to leave this place knowing that God has great things in store. Eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor have we even imagined what is in store for those that love God. Ephesians chapter 3, is infinitely; he can infinitely do more then we ask or think according to the power of God that is working within us for his glory and his praise. And God, we give you praise for little Ethan right now. We thank you for his life. You are the Lord of the living and not the dead. We give you all the praise. Bless Earl and Michelle. Bless each one here today. As you reveal yourself and as we say, We surrender in Jesus' name. Amen Amen and amen.